right, hey guys, and welcome to Wheel Life Problems. Here I am. I am Ricky. With me is Bill, James, and Brendan, as always. And how have you guys been today? Doing good. Doing good. Tired, but good. Right. Definitely Doing good. Fine. Time change. Ugh. Oh yeah, the, <laughs> the time. Oh, the time change is going to be hitting us all today. That's right. Yeah. Oh, is that today? Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. Okay. That, yeah, that <laughs> explains that things. Did you hour of sleep you got there? No, actually, I didn't, didn't oh, notice yeah. it at all. <laughs> yeah, I woke up and I was like, man, why does it feel so much later than it is? But it's like not late at all. And then I realized I was an hour in the past. <laughs> yeah, I definitely see a discrepancy between uh, my clock and my computer clock now. <laughs> so, yep. <laughs> clearly, uh, clearly, this has happened. Yeah, luckily, I never reset the, the clock on my wheelchair, so it was always an hour behind for like the past couple months, and now my clock, I don't have to do anything, and now the clock's already set, so there you go. it was just a nice old waiting game I had to do. <laughs> cool. Awesome. All right, well, I guess let's get into this. Uh, so uh, I guess we'll start with you, Brandon. Uh, last time we talked, you had you were at TwitchCon. Uh, fill us in. How was yeah. it? Goodness gracious me, I had a really, really good time. Um, travel issues notwithstanding, because uh, we we actually took off from Detroit, flew for about 45 minutes, turned around, came back because some button wouldn't light up properly or the or was lit up and wouldn't go away. So, um, well, like on the pilot's console or something? I guess, yeah. So they they brought us right back to Detroit. We had to get off that plane, uh, wait around, go to a new gate, get on a different plane. This time we successfully flew uh, to San Francisco, which was our intention. We decided it'd be easier to fly direct from Detroit to San Francisco because it's only like 30 minutes away from San Jose. Right. So... um from san diego shoot i i've been confusing <laughs> those two so much lately it's been <laughs> absolutely ridiculous but um we got we get to san francisco and of course there are like emergency vehicles on the runway for goodness knows why so the pilot's like yeah we're gonna have to wait a bit and by this point I'm, at this point i'm just like reading comics on my ipad and i'm just like <laughs> I, I like sink into that little bit of meditation where I'm just like reading and I don't even notice that an hour goes by and we still haven't cut off the damn plane. Jeez. But uh, we finally get there and it's like midnight uh, their time. So 3 a.m. my time. <laughs> and we were like thinking how smart we were to just. Uh, I guess like leave in like the mid-afternoon instead of uh, the early morning, which we <laughs> did back in uh, 2016. So right. travel and like travel, accessible travel is difficult. I mean, uh, you yeah. guys all probably know that maybe. I mean, I definitely know because, uh, yeah, I flew to Texas a couple times 
and just flying with the wheelchair is a fucking pain in the ass. I haven't done it before. I'm I haven't flown yet. Oh uh, yeah, they put you in those little tiny seats. You get on first, you're and you also get off last, and then yep. It's just like uh, you don't know it, if your chair is gonna show up with you or not, or like <laughs> you're looking out the window and you're in your aisle seat and you see them like dropping your chairs or trying to put it into the plane and stuff. Like, <laughs> all right, well, boys, we'll see if I'll have let's I'll be able to move around when I get there. But, yeah, moving around is always a good thing. Yeah, well, I feel like you should have like a backup chair. You should have like a chair that can just be beat up so they can drop two chairs. I well, we took our. I took a manual chair because, um, yeah, that's what I've done in the past too, is I took my manual chair. Uh, yeah. I don't normally use a manual chair, but taking one around definitely helped. Right. But how, um, how was the TwitchCon experience itself? It was, uh, it was different. Um, like, I mean, there was definitely all of the hype, but it seemed really, well organized with the exception of the very first day because the first day had crowds um like lined up and around both like the entire block that contained both hotels <laughs> and um these were all people just trying to register to get their admission badges so uh what we did was I'm just, I'm just like you know what there's got to be a medical line somewhere. So I like, I have my wife and my parents with me. I'm just like, all right, this is what we're going to do. We're just going to walk past the line. And sure enough, there was um, this like empty ramp on the edge of the, uh, this like massive people trying to get their badges and assign this as medical. I'm just like, yeah. Nice. So, when being crippled is amazing. Oh, it was, <laughs> it definitely helped out. <laughs> so we go down there, and there's this out of like a bunch of people who are all like yelling about how they need to get onto the floor to make such and such a meeting, and so <laughs> on and so yeah. forth. Because there were a lot of people there who needed to do like who either like had to be. Therefore, some kind of uh, panel on Friday or just like had made plans on to like meet up on Friday to right. do whatever. Yeah. And they're all yelling about how they how it's like life or death that they get in. And there's this one guy at the very edge and he's just like looking bored. And I'm like, that's the guy we talk to. <laughs> the bored guy. <laughs> And I mean, yeah, and it worked out perfectly. Like he got us our, uh, he got badges for uh, me me and my wife, who was my medical plus one. My parents had bought their own tickets, so they got theirs. And they all, it was great. I mean, it said affiliate. It had a little like uh, red, little red cross for the, like the medical thing and um, ended up uh, collecting a lot more pins than last year. That's so that was always cool. Pins? What's the significance of the pins? Is that like a Twitch? Uh, well, I mean, like pins to put on your lanyard. Yeah, but that's like a that's like a thing with the TwitchCon, right? I'm guessing. Pins. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like they're they actually uh, had had it where you could like either buy whatever emote pin you wanted or get like 
a pack of three for cheaper, but you don't know which ones they are. Okay. Well, all right. Well, that makes sense for the. Yeah. I ended up with yeah. Craig as and I had to explain it to my parents. I'm like, oh, geez. <laughs> Explaining the emotes, the culture <laughs> of Twitch. A Craig oh, God. Adam. Yeah. I had to explain to them what Kappa meant and all that other fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, Kappa. Like that guy probably. Uh, I want to. I wonder if he actually goes out to things. I'm sidetracking, but yeah. All right. <laughs> so I'm gonna play the role of your parents right now because I have no idea what those mean at all. What the hell is Kappa? And uh, it, it's like a. Um, it's just like a meme where you throw it down to indicate that you're being sarcastic and or trying to be funny in some way. Yeah, I think. Well, okay. Well, all right. One second. Let me take this over for a second. Go, like, so oh, please do. So with the Kappa thing, okay. Um, I don't know if some of you know this, but Justin.TV was a place where you could watch. Uh, started as you could watch live sporting events. You know, it was kind of had that allure. But then there was a lot of people that did emo- that did video games. Well, then there was this guy that was an employee of Justin TV, and they basically made a picture of him. And they created what they called an emote, and it was like the first emote. And then they just kind of, you know, people just started using this thing, calling it a kappa. And like, you see this guy's face everywhere, and there's like variations of the emote. And then people just started using it kind of as like a, it's kind of like the identifier for this is Twitch sort of thing. Like, you know, it's like a definitely huh. very much a Twitch origin thing, you know. So that's where that's where that meme got its origin from, basically. So it was just an employee was making fun of someone they worked with, and now it's this overproduced image. <laughs> that's Today very I cool, learned. though. Yeah, that's that's the story. <laughs> cool. Well, what else can you tell us about TwitchCon? <laughs> ah, well, there's the uh, I, what I like to call the elephant room, the uh, accessible streaming panel, which um, they did it a very differently from when they uh, did it uh, two years ago in San Jose. Uh, it, I it, I got the sense that Twitch was paying a lot more attention to the needs of their streamers and their viewers with disabilities. Nice. Um, That's cool. Be, uh, firstly, because they didn't have the panel at like 10 a.m. on a Friday or like 5 p.m. on a Sunday. They didn't like put it right at the beginning or right at the end of the, they had it like noon on Saturday. Like you couldn't possibly get a better time. That That's a great time. Yeah, that's a prime time. Mm. And there was like, it was like standing room only, which oh um, is kind of crazy because there were a bunch of people in wheelchairs, but still like, <laughs> <laughs> still, it, I mean, it was packed. There were tons of people there, and there were people like who were trying to get in and couldn't. I felt bad. Like we only got we only had time for maybe a few questions at the very end. But um, what were some of the questions you were asked? Uh, well, one of the things they asked was how they could um, change the way the Twitch layout is set up to make it easier for uh, their viewers with disabilities. Um, I talked to, and I mentioned that um, one of the mods on the accessible streamers discord is low vision, but not like full blind. And he said that um, certain, like the way the tags were implemented in the page layout 
made it very difficult to like find and select appropriate tags. And um, I told them that they were actually working on that with uh, various types of screen readers, which I, and I unfortunately don't really know much about what uh, products are out there for um, like reading an HTML page to someone who would have like a visual impairment but um he did and i was able to like put those two people together and um and they ended up like changing it so that it's now a little bit better Hmm. Hmm. so that's always a good thing um what do you think about that james since i mean you're the visually impaired one here the group yeah do you have any trouble (laughs) with uh, that sort of thing, like trying to get um, trying um, to get certain parts of the page to yeah, not so much on prob- not so much on Twitch. Um, I don't use generally the sorts of screen readers that the 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 visually impaired sort of moderator at Twitch would have been using as well. But um, I wouldn't necessarily call the the Twitch website especially complicated. But you know, you do mm-hmm. get a lot of websites that are maybe built from the ground up without maybe thinking about screen reader sort of use in mind and then have to kind of sort of work it back in, work, work it in backwards. So you get stuff like, I think Discord was one that was like that where I think it works quite well with, or it works okay with screen readers now, but kind of going off on a wee tangent here. But yeah, I just, it's, <clears throat> the screen readers aren't something generally that I use a lot. It's more just the ma- like magnification and blowing everything up big. Right, I remember you mentioning something about that last yeah, episode yeah. we recorded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As long as they put in the, the tags and build the structure of their website in a, a sensible way, then it should work fairly well with screen readers, but there's always room for improvement, so it's good that those changes have been made. Right. Awesome. Well, anything else uh, you want to add from uh, TwitchCon there? Or... Um, they had a lot of really interesting products. Um, I spent a bit of time Saturday going around um, the like going going around the main floor, um, yeah. like of the convention hall, and looking at all the different products. Uh, mostly because I definitely need to get a new blue microphone, and that's really annoying. Um, but. I was checking out uh, Elgato had a demo of their stream decks, and I really wish I had one. They're amazing. Yes. What's uh, that? What 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 is that? It is um, it's like a bunch of buttons that you can um, you can make do things for your stream. It's it's mainly like a piece of hardware for improving your production value because you can press a button and like switch your scenes or uh, play like a, you can do things like macros. You can do things like, I don't uh, know. like switch. Um, okay. So like yeah, you uh, can add, you could like throw, you could display things like gifts or play like little uh, sound bites. If you want, you can, um, create things like a, a kill switch if you need to, like for some reason, just like absolutely shut down your stream. Yeah, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Bill just pulled up a picture of it and showed me, and uh, so it makes a lot of sense now. So it's just like a 
Like yeah, they showed me higher production value. Yeah, they showed me how you can really make it customizable, and I was very, very impressed. Would that yeah. be the sort of thing then that could would that have to respond to your inputs, or would that be the sort of thing that could respond to something like if you get a new follow or a new subscriber? Would it be able to do anything with that, or um, that could. is probably something that you could do because they have a lot of like Twitch integration. Uh, it integrates with like OBS or SLOBS or really any type of like um, any type of broadcasting software. Cool. cool. And yeah, you could do, there's just tons of different things that you could do. And you can even, if you run out of buttons, you can even make a button that creates another like set of buttons and you can like shift between the sets that's just fantastic yeah and there's individual folders you can make and have things in that like i have a whole sound effect folder so i click on the folder then it brings me a different page where i can load up all my sound effects and i can cue those up Um, it's very good for like audio visual like cueing really trying to streamline things yeah it's it's really nice rather than taking your mouse and clicking you just have a single, you know, you're putting things to a single button mm-hmm. or two clicks as opposed to, you know, like maybe accidentally clicking the wrong thing. You know, that button's always going to do what you know it's intended to do. Right. So you press a button and it'll make a clip. Right. Yeah, you can do it, that too. That's incredibly handy. I haven't set that up. I need to set that up. <laughs> Interesting. Um, so it... Uh, I don't stream at the moment, but it's something that I'm maybe looking to do at some point in the future. Is that the sort of thing that would then? Is that the sort of thing then that I would maybe need, or would maybe that be the sort of thing that I would leave to until I'd started streaming and was in the swing of it? Then, like, is it an, is it that sort of device like a necessary um, part? I of... mean, I've been able to do pretty well without one yeah. so far. But I mean, it it's definitely something that would be like incredibly convenient, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's an yeah. extra. It's an extra from like when you, because like at the base at the base of streaming, the basis would pretty much be like the basics are like a camera, OBS, and a mic. I mean, that's pretty much and headphones. Like that's that's pretty much your general, generally the setup that you start with, or doing it straight from a console too. There's that. Those are pretty much the starting points, I would say. Yeah, I think it's straight from console. Much where I'm at. <laughs> what is the price on one on one of those things? Um, they said that the they have a, a normal sized one and a mini, and the mini is like seventy five dollars uh, US, and they said the uh, regular sized one is about one hundred fifty. That's not the, that's not terribly steep. No, 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 no. Any other displays that you saw that were kind of interesting? I thought I saw from uh, some Twitter uh, from some Twitter stuff that they actually had a a Fortnite bus that they had created. Um, I didn't see a Fortnite bus, but they definitely had a whole bunch of uh, PUBG, but it was in a different building across uh, okay. the street, which was really weird. That is really weird. But was there, in terms of like the in terms of the interaction that you get at a TwitchCon, in terms of like the way that you're able to interact with, like, was there any viewers you were able to interact with, or was there any 
um, people that you stream with or have worked with that you were able to communicate with there? Or? Aside from my fellow panelists, um, not really. I didn't do much. I didn't go out um, like seeking out people to meet and greet with, and yeah, except for that night, um, Saturday night at the uh, Warframe like VIP party. Nice. Which was like partners mm. only, and it had an open bar, and it was very awesome, very very <laughs> awesome. So we did that, um, and then Sunday, uh, you know, it was uh, the last day, so I was in an area which is called the Unity Lounge, and uh, it's it's probably Twitch like TwitchCon's best kept secret. I don't know if I should be telling everybody this, but um, well, it was... Cat's already out of bag. It's already out of the bag, so may as well. It, it's this area of the convention where there's like a row of different um, philanthropic uh, organizations. So like Able Gamers had a, a spot there. Um, Anykey.org had a spot there. Uh, the Wounded Warriors Foundation, a whole bunch of different groups. And um, it was just a very relaxed atmosphere. There wasn't a lot of like, it didn't have any of the sensory overload that the uh, um, main floor had. So we were able to just kind of uh, relax. The music was very like either... It was something like ambient techno or just some kind of like like smoother jazz type music. Right. Very relaxing. And um, I actually did a few hours there uh, kind of doing a meet and greet of my own and talking about the accessible streamers community um, during, during Sunday's uh, recovery, I guess, for lack of a better term. But... It was, it was just a really great place to hang out, meet people, network, and not have all of the, like the sound and fury in your ears. So right, you're actually able to like hear people talk, have a conversation. Uh, so yeah, that was a that was a big help. Uh, just having that kind of area. I mean, you did get to network a bit, though, right? Oh, definitely. Yes, very much so because uh, just because we were able to um, not like have to yell in each other's ears just to have, just to talk to each other and just very just very refreshing that Twitch uh, kind of set aside that space for us, you know? Yeah, no, that's really cool. That's really cool. I definitely intend on uh, hopefully things go well next year that'd be great that'd be great uh one of the things that i noticed that really uh made me happy was the amount of people who were either in chairs of their own or had um canes or service animals or whatever there were a lot of people who um were not just uh there to speak because they were disabled streamers, but they were there to check out everything that TwitchCon had to offer. Yeah. So 
it just shows how many people are starting to come out of the woodwork. Yeah. Yeah. No, and definitely become more known. Sounds great. And then, yeah, I had a good time. Definitely gave me hope. Hell yeah. Well, and I know, uh, unless you have anything else to add about the TwitchCon, I know, uh, James, you had your audio game jams as well too. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. That, um, ran from the 12th to the 21st of October. And for those people listening that don't know what audio game jam is, it's a, a game jam that's run to raise money for the Royal National Institute of Blind People. That's a sight loss charity in the UK. And as well as that, we have the goals of, um, I say we, I mean, it's, I'm the, there's not, there's, <laughs> it's basically sort of all sort of managed by myself. So, yeah, one of the other goals, the other goals are to encourage more developers to make their games more sight loss, uh, more accessible to people with sight loss. And also to sort of raise awareness of like the good work that RNIB does and helping blind people access technology and really to sort of make more people aware that blind people are playing games and in a lot of cases games that would surprise you. So that event ran. Um, there was only eight submissions this year. I think that there would have been nine, but um, I can't say too much more about that other than that the <clears throat> the game that the person was working on, they showed it to people at the studio that it works on and they've decided not to submit it to Audio Game Jam, but they're going to sort of work on work on that as a commercial product, which, you know, is a downer for the game jam, but actually, you know, seeing a developer decide to make a, a commercial product aimed at the blind community, blind gaming community is fantastic. So that's kind of a win. Um, so does that give you like a sense of fulfillment then after throwing this together, just seeing like it's like it, uh, like it has purpose to it, I think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, each year that's run, it doesn't raise a lot of money at all, and I, I kind of know the, I know most of the people that have donated money to it. Like, not a lot of money comes through from like people just finding it on the internet through like the Twitter advertising things and then donating. Usually, it's most of it is like from my friends and family that have been supporting me on it. But mm-hmm. one of the things I do love about it is the. So, so the a blind gaming community on a website called audiogames.net and that's uh <clears throat> that's a website and forum that hosts a lot of games that are accessible to blind people they're like audio only games but also where a lot of people with sight loss go to find out more about what games in the the sort of the wider gaming scene are maybe accessible to them and things and there's a lot been quite a few people there that have in the past really sort of embraced audio game jam and been really encouraging so that's been great but as well as that one of the things i love about it is seeing so many sighted uh, game developers be really excited about the, the the idea of making a game that's playable without sight that's playable by blind people this you know excited by the challenge of it or the sort of philanthropic nature philanthropic that's not the word i'm looking for the It'll come back to me. But yeah, just making a game that generally supports uh, a community within gaming that doesn't normally get a lot of attention from the sort mm-hmm. of wider game development community. So yeah, I mean, it's it may not have raised a great deal of money, but I always come away from it really happy with um, with the results of it. Especially this yeah. year, there's been 
quite a few games that you know a lot of the games have been quite good and from as far as I can tell um accessible to blind gamers I've not had any sort of anyone come back to me saying that they couldn't play any specific games and if they can't then they should because I'd love to know about it so that I can sort of follow up on it but yeah it's I've enjoyed it I think it's went well I'm guessing that uh, how how many times have you uh, run this audio game jam now uh, this will be the third the third year. Yeah, it runs. I run it each year, roughly. You know, sometime between September and October, just depending on how how my schedule works out, or if there's any um, any particular things I want to tie in with. Was there a winning game? Like uh, there there is a winner to this, or uh, I've I've always been very wary of picking a winner. There's not actually any kind of prizes to it, right. and I don't want to I, I didn't necessarily want it to be a competitive thing although right. it's always More in the back of my mind yeah it's, it's always in the back of my mind that maybe it would benefit from there being like prizes and you know people actually people judging the games maybe some blind streamers or some you know accessibility professionals um you know, you'll, yeah. you'll know. I don't want to name 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 the sort of people that I would like to be judges, but you'll probably know the sorts of people that I'd be talking about. Um, yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, out of the submissions, though, what was the what what were some of the more intriguing things that you? I mean, not not saying that any of the developers, like I'm sure all the developers worked very hard, and I'm sure all the all the things were very neat. But was there any particular games that stood out? <laughs> uh, okay, I'm just gonna have to pull up the website to remind me of yeah. other games. <laughs> well, more of what you heard, rather. <laughs> yeah, well, let's see, I'll just uh, pull up the website just now, because I always forget the... I spent the past the past few days on a, a, a tweet scheduling website, just um, setting up the social media account for it to automatically schedule tweets. You know, you know asking people, have you played this game? You Is should that tweet deck? And it's Sorry, a, I hate to a, interrupt you. No, no, it's, it's fine. It's a website called uh, Hootsuite. So, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, I've got a, a, they do a free account that lets you schedule up to 30 tweets in advance. So I just opened up a Word document, prepared all my tweets with the links and all that, and got a bunch of thumbnail images um, huh. and set that right. up. So basically between now and Christmas, there will be, now in the new year, there'll be you know, maybe three tweets every week just mentioning that, you know, this game was made as, you know, game A would made as part of other game jam. Come yeah. play that and the rest of the games here. And consume. What's the Twitter for uh, those who are listening? Uh, the Twitter account is, um, it'll be at make audio games. How do you um, spell that? Uh, M-A-K-E oh, okay. A-U-D-I-O-G-A-M-E-S <clears throat> Awesome. So sort of inspired. I saw the Overwatch um, Twitter account was play Overwatch, and I thought, hmm, well, I can't get audio games, but I can get maybe a call to action in my Twitter handle for it. So uh, yeah, uh, one of the one of the games that I quite liked was a game called uh, Blind Sweeper, which was a uh, it's a, a blind accessible t- take on Minesweeper. So you basically have to <clears throat> navigate a minefield looking for the the target um, block and avoiding the mines and you can detect the mines by 
uh, audio, so you have to sort of um, puzzle your way through it. I quite like that one. Um, let's see, going through Darkest Arena. Yeah, there's back in the first audio game jam, there was a developer called um, Rising Pixel, and they're based in Grand Canaria, Grand Canaria, off the coast of Spain, I think, if my geography is correct. And they made in the first audio game jam a game called Blind Arena Tournament, which was a first-person shooter played entirely by audio, sort of a deathmatch style game. And they're, they made another submission this year called Darkest Arena, which is seems to be like a refined sort of version of that, which is pretty cool. They've been a, a supporter of audio game jam since the beginning and run their own uh, Spanish language audio game jam events. So nice. there's, a, there's a couple of games here that are come in both uh, English and Spanish versions, which is cool. So if you're looking for Spanish language uh, audio game prototypes, then we've got you covered. And let's see, I'm, there is at least one more that... Oh yeah, Field Notes. Field Notes is um, one sort of genre of audio game that's quite popular in Audio Game Jam is just trying to like, navigate your way through an environment and find locating sounds. You know, and amongst uh, other sort of maybe ambient noises, and field notes is one where there's there's like a musical track, and it's all broken up. All the stems of the track are kind of broken up, so you have to locate the different parts of the tune inside in a in a um, sort of three D environment. Well, I suppose it's two D, it's more top down, I think. Hmm. But I quite like that one as well. And plus, as well as that, one of the things that I do encourage developers to do that are making games for this is perhaps to not entirely neglect the visual side of their games because although the audience is um the target audience is blind and visually impaired people for whom you know good visuals might not be the priority might not be that useful the having a, a, a strong sort of visual style or at least some sort of visual elements on the screen is really useful for both engaging sighted players but also if you're looking to maybe stream your games, stream the games. It gives the uh, gives the, sh the the Twitch or the mixer viewer or whatever something to something to watch while they're following along with the game. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was actually going to ask about that. Like, would you, was there a lot of appeal to people who can see to these games? And I'm glad you answered that because, like, I like mm -hmm. just you describing these games themselves. I'm kind of like, hmm, I'm I'm kind of interested in my eyes work like. Am, yeah. am I allowed to play? Or, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the, one of the better examples of that is um, last year there was a game called Free Falling, and the it looks like a kind of eight bit um, platform game where your character is falling from a plane which has exploded, and they have to collect coins on the way down to the ground and activate their parachute just before they reach the ground, and to look at it, it looks just like. Uh, a norm, it looks like a normal visual video game, but to play it with your eyes is quite difficult because it's hard to to see the 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 plane, the debris of the bro of the exploded plane that you're falling towards before you hit it. You know, you you've only got maybe a couple of widths of your main character, or a couple of heights rather, I suppose, before you would hit them. But you can detect them with your with your ears, maybe just a little bit before. So it can be a little bit confusing to try and play it just by <laughs> watching the screen. You're you're so used to sort of looking for things that right. you kind of switch off to the audio a little bit. 
So you really need to kind of just like try and ignore what you're seeing and focus on what you can hear. And you tend to maybe do a little bit better that way. Is that a game where like headphones would be required or more optional or like suggested? Uh, yeah, I think for the most for most of the games, if not all of them, headphones would be you know very much recommended because so many of them rely on uh, stereo separation and things like they, they just wouldn't be playable on a mono speaker or you know maybe you could play them if you had good stereo head um, stereo speakers with a decent spread to them you know the, yeah have yourself like a little movie theater set up for playing games and stuff yeah something like that but the headphones and any kind of cheap pair of headphones would be would be fine hmm that's awesome. Yeah, that's really that's that's uh, that's really cool. Um, that's what I'm liking about uh, doing this podcast with you guys is I'm learning so much more about the community that I was already, I guess, had a toe in the water in, but now like, I'm up to my ankle now. I guess. <laughs> yeah. And maybe one day I'll be up to my crotch and my shoulders. <laughs> yeah, but we're getting him there slowly because um, like we've been talking about it, and there's the able uh, able gamers is uh. I think he's going to reach out to them again about the uh, about the controller, um, and I'm hoping that we're able to do some streams uh, on my channel with him on it. Um, yeah, and- once I can once I can finally start playing actual video games other than just some point and clicks, I'll have more. Oh, of the Xbox. To give You're getting an Xbox controller? Uh, no, I mentioned uh, I'm going to try for PS4, but I mentioned that the Able Gamer Charity they're working on uh, a real. Oh, getting used right to- away. Yeah. Uh, so I was going to reach out to them this week and see what the progress was because, like, like I said, like the only games I've played are just some point and clicks on they've gotten on Steam and stuff. So like, I'll hopefully be able to add more opinions to game conversations and such. And oh man, there's so many just uh, there's so many games out there that are not exactly listed as point and click games, but don't really require a keyboard either. That you'd probably get a lot of uh, a oh, lot yeah. of time out of, um, mm. and I was actually thinking about streaming. Um, was it? I want to say it was uh, um, RimWorld, and because that just came out on out of beta. Finally, they just released its 1.0 version. And that game is really, really cool. Um, and there are a lot of games like it, Factoria, and um, shoot, a few other titles that I can't really think of. But what did you say the name of it was? Ringworm. Rimworld. <laughs> Rimworld. Oh, Rimworld. <laughs> it's, it's a good game. It is legit a good game in that in the sense that like there's a healthy mod community around it and uh the developer kind of embraces them oh mods yeah modification yeah oh i have to check that out that sounds cool and then but then there's also like any any game that has like real time with pause um so we're talking like Baldur's gate um you, you could definitely do uh dragon age origins um Hell, you could play Eve online if you wanted to. Hmm. Yeah. Have to check out more of these. Yeah, that's uh, that's one thing I was kind of one of the other topics I was thinking about is like, uh, 
No, I was just curious. Was there any new games that anybody was getting themselves into lately? Um, yeah, yeah that, that's actually something I was curious about with you guys, just because I need a new game to play. I've been trying to find something. Um, I've been looking at a few titles that I played before, but yeah, um, Red Dead Redemption Two. I have been playing um, obsessively. I mean, I know everybody's playing it on Twitch right now, but uh, it is a it is so much fun. I mean, it's just like Rockstar once again has brought us an excellent title. I mean, me and my friend were just talking about how like how it seems like Rockstar. Naughty Dog and Bethesda are just, they're just killing it in terms of like the things, the titles that they're bringing out are just have been impressive. You know, Naughty Dog with its upcoming, I don't know, I'm hoping within the next year we get this. Uh, the Last of Us 2 is going to be, um, it, it's well anticipated. I mean, I, I don't know if you guys have seen Uncharted or any of those games, but they have been very solid titles. The first title in that, in that game series is also great. I mean, it's just like, and Bethesda's got Fallout 76 coming out, which I'm very much excited about. So I tried that yesterday. Did you like it? Um, it's very like you could definitely tell they made it for the controller and not keyboard and mouse. Mm, yeah, mm. I've been hearing that. I've been hearing that the because you know it seems like Xbox is kind of seems like they're kind of pushing it a little bit more because they you know the one that's getting the beta. Um. I guess I, first. I one thing I don't like about um certain video games out there that force you to do things before you can access their option screen. Oh yeah. Yeah. And Fallout 76 makes you go through um a really kind of janky character creation setup and it also like throws your microphone on whether you want it to or not and so like i'm trying to like build my character but at the same time my microphone is like blasting to everybody around me and i'm like guys i'm sorry i don't know what's going on i can't get to the option screen yeah i mean i make a person like with like a a single letter name i'm just like what the hell (laughs) yeah i mean I played the beta a little bit, and like I said, I've been playing Red Dead 2 a lot. Um, How do you like the control scheme on that? I heard some people had some, with like physical disabilities, have had some real problems trying to handle the quick draw scenes where you have to um, push down on the thumbstick. thumbsticks. Yeah, but like yeah, um, not all the way. You have to do it slightly. Yeah, I mean, I would say that they're a little bit like... Um, the controls for getting behind stuff, it's a bumper, um, which I don't, I don't hate, but I don't really, I, I confuse it a lot. You like, know? okay. Could I play this game? Um, I don't see why not. I mean, I, if quick- I can't move my fingers and such, like, is there, oh, well, okay. First of all, um, it, I, I keep forgetting that it's not a console game or it's, strictly a console game so as of right now yes they yeah. did it is going to come out on pc so i can't really i can't really answer that question fully because yeah from the perspective of a controller i mean you can always there is always the option to you know sort of rework that with the right 
right type of controller, assuming that someone has the Xbox uh, accessible controller, I'm sure that that could that some there's some configuration that could be set up for that to be. I don't know. Well, that's the thing. I don't think they. Um, I don't think that there is a soft push option. Hmm. When you're talking about a switch. Yeah, but I, I don't know necessarily. I mean, like what I would say though about that whole. But if thing, you can like re- yeah, remap yeah. it to something else, yeah. then. I mean, I would say though that with those quick, uh, those kind of those scenes where you can slow down. Um, I tend to not. I haven't been really utilizing that as much as I would, I would have thought I would because it's kind of just is this. I don't know. It it just doesn't. I don't necessarily always see the benefit in it. Like I I mean I can get in a shootout and I can like kind of navigate through the shootout without having to use it. I mean you the benefit of it is is that it slows down time. To say that there's people shooting you, you have the opportunity to take one of the guys out or maybe two of them if you do it quick enough. To where you can kind of maximize the, you know, you know them destroying your health bar, basically. <laughs> like you can minimize it. I meant not maximize, minimize the. Uh, I see. So that's that's pretty much what I've been on. Is there uh, is there anything that uh, I don't know, Ricky? You said that you play like a lot of the point and click. Is there anything that you've been messing with, like? Nope. I'm just like thinking Not of really. all of these games that you could totally play that would just like drive you nuts. Right. Check out They Are Billions. You should play They Are Billions. They Are Billions? Yeah. Oh my god, that game is a nightmare. It's it, but it's all like point and, point and click and you can pause the action at any time. Hmm. Really? But it's like a zombie um real-time strategy with pause so you build like it's all it's very similar when i played it i i got like a lot of work like warcraft 2 a vibe to it nice so and, like an rts kind of and also tower defense type thing yeah so like you build um you build like a little city with like walls and farms and houses and uh, then you got things like science type buildings where you can research better or weapons and you build like soldiers from barracks and all that other stuff. Really? And all around are zombies. If you shoot near them, like other zombies will hear that. And then like, and then there are also buildings that like just constantly spew out zombies. But here's the trick that like really messes with you. If enough zombies like hit your buildings, the buildings will become infected and start spewing out more zombies. Oh God! So oh, if you get like if you let even one of those bastards in your perimeter, you are screwed. Oh, shit! Yeah, send it's me nuts. Send me the link for that, and I'll definitely check it out. Let me find it. I wish I could. Um, like, we can send it to me afterwards. Sort things by category, and I'd name it like "God hates me." <laughs> seriously, this is a punishing game. Yeah. Um, what about Sweet. you, James? Is there any uh, any games that you've been uh, fixated on? Or uh, I've just there's a couple. I just managed to finish um, God of War on the PS4. 
I was recommended yeah. that I play that on the easiest difficulty level, and I'm, I'm glad I did because I've <laughs> never had the patience for God of War games. I just <laughs> never really sort of been able to wrap myself uh, to really get into the combat that much. But this one was pretty good. I really enjoyed the the story for it, and that was once I'd completed that, I just sort of kind of immediately uninstalled it. But it was I was surprised at how much I liked it. You know. Yeah, I mean, it seems more like they should call they should have called the game uh, uh, "Dad of Boy." <laughs> yeah, how many times he says "boy" in that game? I, like, I swear, it's just every every other line. Like, boy, come boy, do this boy. Yeah, it's, it's been I really I really enjoyed it, but you know, it's as I say, it's the sort of game where at a normal difficulty level, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't probably have touched it i would have been frustrated with it and walked away whereas yeah and i mean it was still i still found it fairly challenging on these on the easiest difficulty level which maybe says a lot about me but it's i'm (laughs) fine that's fine you know i got through it and it was i quite enjoyed it but aside from that i've been sort of falling back into a couple of my old favorites um i always end up playing plants vs zombies garden warfare 2 for some reason, that's just uh, that's like the the game that where if I can't be bothered playing anything else, if I'm just like, oh, I don't don't know if I can be bothered starting a new game right now, I'll just jump right. into that. Your go-to's, your classics. So this is yeah. a Garden Warfare one for Plants vs Zombies. Uh, what was that? Sorry. This is the Garden Warfare one, or yeah, this is the, yeah, this okay. is the it's the third-person competitive shooter one. Where yeah, you I've run heard around. about that. Yeah, it's one of the things that I really like about it is that there's quite still quite a lot of people playing it and never have any trouble getting into a game. And when I put on the voice chat, it's always children. Like, I feel like I'm the only 35-year-old guy sitting playing that game. Just like the, a big adult at the playground, like a big weirdo. But it's, it's, it's still pretty good. I love just running around as my fire flower, the sort of fire-based sunflower thing. Just being a little tiny healing murderous death machine it's pretty good but as well as that um and this one might be if you're looking for pausable uh, mouse only games as well um prison architect it's a bit of oh, a yeah. bit of a swerve from plants vs zombies but oh i heard that's good yeah it's real good it's i mean i really like city builder sort of god type games but this it's I really like this game, but it's also like it's equal parts fun and depressing because it's like <laughs> the, the, I think it was the, the first time when I started playing it, uh, they didn't have women's prisons, and then they introduced women's prisons, and I thought, okay, I'll give this a go. And then suddenly you find that there's a lot of prisoners that just it comes up with uh, this prisoner can't be moved to a cell, and I'm like, oh, what's going on? And then I realised, oh, alright, it's because they've got kids, so now I've got a nursery in my jail. And I'm just like, oh god, is this a real thing? Oh god, it probably is. Oh man, this life really sucks. And oh, then, no. <laughs> so it's like, there's as as the game's been out for, you know, maybe a good couple of years now. They've added so many little things to it that I really I find that even after so long, there's still things that I can go back to. So like a couple of days ago, I found the mutators menu, so you can put things on to make things less challenging or more challenging or just a little bit different so yeah big head mode prisoners for all the prisoners yeah Yeah. absolutely 
make all the make all the prisoners make everybody just run around twice as fast great that's what i need but then (laughs) games like that bring out the inner sadist in me so (laughs) i go into it thinking i'm going to make a very nice prison where everyone will be reformed and it will make society better but then you know after a hundred days of my prison i'll have like 150 odd people in it and then an event will come up saying like oh you really need to quarantine some prisoners because there's a seriously contagious illness. And I go, ah, it's not that contagious. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> 60 days later, my, the, the, the illness has spread to like 90% of the prisoners. They've been rioting. There's been so much, so many murders from people just being so stressed out. And it just it all gets right out of control. And I'm like, lock up. Everyone will stay in their cells for like three days. Everyone will just will just sweat it out, guys. <laughs> it's it it really sort of sort of shows the 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 inner dictator within me. <laughs> so it's, making it's, a muck of things. Fuck yeah, society. Yeah, I, stick it to the man. So this I, my I, goddamn prison. But I th- I th- I'm pretty <laughs> I've sure. I've never played this game. I I feel like I should actually like uh, take the time. Give this one a whirl. Yeah, um, I I was thinking about isn't isn't uh, Stardew Valley isn't that like a pretty pretty easy one for uh, like isn't that pretty point and click? Yep, that sounds like at least that's what I've heard. Yeah. I haven't actually played it. Yeah, it's kind of like um, if any of you have ever played Harvest Moon, it's basically Harvest Moon. Oh, my brother loves Harvest Moon. Yeah, so he keeps trying to get me to play it. I'm just like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm kind but of. But then like, I, yeah. I try to get him to play RimWorld, and they're pretty much the, the same thing. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, I don't know, you know, everybody's got their thing. But uh, yeah. was there anything in accessible with sex accessibility with games? Like, was there anything coming out or any, any sort of news in that area? Ooh. Because that um, that's a good question. I. I don't know. You know what I wanted to see happen for a long time is more able-bodied gamers using the adaptive controller and seeing what they can do with it. Hmm. Interesting. Like, can you imagine someone who just like made a bunch of macros and just had like, just had to play a video game with like almost like a piano. So it's like four fingers on each hand. And you just like mm-hmm. with like eight buttons, but I, I don't know. I, I I just think that there are a lot of um, a lot of opportunities for able-bodied games to really get into the accessibility movement yeah. by like hacking this adaptive controller. Kind of, could kind of bring it more mainstream. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'd like to see um, in the future. Just I mean, but I know it's not video game titles, but I think getting more able-bodied people onto that thing and to see what they can do with it would do the accessibility cause like a lot more um, service because then it would bring everybody into the, into what like the game is or what the controller is trying to accomplish. Right. Right. No, because I feel like they, we finally have gotten to the point where it seems like people are becoming more, um, more accustomed to seeing people that actually are in wheelchairs and stuff because there's been such a 
there's such a difference because like I talked to my parents about like, you know, when they used to see people in wheelchairs, it was like, it was a really strange uh, thing like it was kind of like people had kind of like there was a little bit of a stigma maybe not saying mm -hmm. that it was like judgment that society was maybe society was a little bit more judgmental but I think now people have become more used to it because Those bitches there's a lot more <laughs> there's a lot more stuff with like the emergence of you know the American with Disabilities Act like actually you know being an advocate and being some documentation and like some legal stuff that actually like allows for like ramps and like you know building regulations and stuff and it just kind of makes things like you know the accessible doors and all that stuff is kind of you know we, we see all that stuff now but now it seems like we need to get more try to get into more of the little the smaller little niche areas like you know like accessibility with gaming accessibility with you know like of other things that aren't just um like the essential things for life Hopefully it won't be so much of a niche by that point. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, I hope that we, like, that there's more things that are branched out into in terms of, like, you know, that accessibility shouldn't just be the bare minimum, like, for what you, you know, what you need to live, breathe, and, you know, have shelter and all those things. I feel like it should be, you know, they should still cater to the entertainment side of things, too, because everybody, every person alive wants to be entertained. So I feel like we're kind of in a good spot here where I think, you know, I think things are... Things are improving, and it seems like you know Twitch is starting to kind of, kind of listen a little bit more to uh, accessible um, gaming. You know, it's kind of like something that they're actually seems like they actually put forth an effort with this panel. You know, hey, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I think so. Well, I definitely think so. I wish we would have had more time. Honestly, I think we could have gone for another like 30, 60 minutes at least because we yes. didn't even get to our Q and A until like maybe five minutes before the panel is supposed to end. Damn, that's rough. Yeah, but I mean, it just goes to show that there's. It's um, I wouldn't say it's a problem, but it's like it's a conversation that definitely needs a bit more um, attention paid to it for everybody's sake. Not right. just uh, those few with disabilities, because everybody's going to have a disability at some point in their life, mm -hmm. um, whether it's like permanent or visible or whatever. It doesn't matter. Like some, at some point in every gamer's career, they're going to have like some situation arise that will prevent them from gaming the way that they uh, would prefer to or normal or or are yeah. used to. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I just. I had like a morbid like first uh, instinct when you said that like everyone was gonna have a disability eventually. Like you're just coming around like taking lead pipes to knees of people and shit. Like <laughs> you're gonna be a part of us, god damn it, whether you like it or not. One of us. <laughs> One of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We nah, got what you're saying you. though. But so I mean, we're about like at a at an hour or so. I feel like uh, you guys feel like the good place to wrap things up and. That sounds good, yeah. I'm sure yep. we, we, we could go on and on forever, I'm sure, but can dedicate more to the next episode. And Yeah, and I, I, you know, I feel bad, you know, making, uh, making James do all the uh, audio editing. Wouldn't uh, want it to no. be like, you know, two, three hours long for everybody. Ah, don't worry about it. It's I, I enjoy the the experience of it. It's it's good. To, it's a good wee thing to. 
a good thing to have on my my skill set, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> audio editing it can be pretty fun. Like, so nice. But, all right. Well, I would just want to thank all the listeners for tuning in again to another episode of Wheel Life Problems. You know, tell your friends, tell everyone, tell your disabled. Let us. Let us know what we can do to improve. Let us know how good you like us. Let us know if you like Bill's pants. Mm. You know, all that. Especially if you like Bill's pants. Uh Right. That's important. All right. (laughs) Thank you, everyone. Good night. Good night, everybody. See ya. Goodbye.